Hey everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou is in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 37. And I know what everyone thinks I'm going to say right now. Something about a Coors Edge, how I love it, how we're drinking it, but no. Classic Shane. I'm done with talking about Coors Edge because I'm a seed lip guy now. Well, let's see. You haven't even tasted it. Okay. Well, can you explain what seed lip is? All right. So seed lip is, I believe, the only non-alcoholic distilled spirit that you can get on the market. If there's another one, I got to know because I I don't know about any other options. So it tastes like gin, I think is the best comparison. And you can actually make fancy cocktails out of it that taste like they'd be boozy. And the, and the backstory as to why you have it is, well, how do I word this? What, what would you call someone who gives gifts early? Notoriously anxious about gifts? <laughs> You're very excitable. Yeah, so what, what I do is, let's say somebody's birthday is two weeks away. I will give them their birthday gift the second they're around and they mention something mildly related to <laughs> the birthday gift. So today I had your Mother's Day gift, which was the seed lip. And you were like, oh, I'm going to take a photo in a bathtub today. I was like, oh, what's the concept? You're like, oh, I'm holding a drink. I'm like, holding a drink? I've got the perfect <laughs> thing for you. And I pull out, out the seed lip and just give it to you. I'm like, happy early Mother's Day. And you were very surprised that you give very good reactions. But it was, you know, two weeks early to be giving that gift. It's only one week early. Is it? Mother's Day's next weekend. Oh, okay. A week early. Yeah. And then your reaction was so good. I got you a cameo. <laughs> so we've been watching this show called Dave. It's a little dicky show. And there's a character on it that you said was your favorite character. Gata. Gata. So on cameo, it's only 10 bucks. So I got him to wish you and all the family tree years a happy Mother's Day. Yo, what up, what up? How you doing? Alexandra Cunningham. It's your boy Gator from Dave on FX. Just wanted to show you some love. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the whole season, the season finale, all of that, man. Much love to you and your husband, Shane. I really appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day to you and all the mothers out there that follow you. I love you, Alexandra Gator. It was amazing and it made my night. And for those who don't know, Cameo is a business or a company, I guess, online that you can go to. And you'll find a ton of celebs and they offer to do a video message for you for a fee. So Gaeta did this video message right after watching like the most emotional, well-acted episode from him on Dave. It was amazing. And he is going to blow up. You can tell this guy's got a breakout performance on his hands and I couldn't resist just purchasing it because I know it's his fee is going to go from like $10 to $100 very shortly. But you'd think I'd wait till Mother's Day at least for the cameo. <laughs> Instantly, I texted it to Alex after I saw how great your reaction was with the seed lip. And uh, now I'm probably going to have to get you another Mother's Day gift because I'm going to look so bad if I'm empty-handed on that day. All you need is a card, babe. A well, well-written, loving card. Well, it's going to be on a piece of paper. I can't. Well, hey, just like my birthday card. And it's indicative of the time we're living. Okay. But let's get to these drinks. So I made two drinks with seed lip. Shane, I made yours with seed lip and then this crabapple drink mix that we happen to have that looked pricey. And then I just did seed lip and tonic with a little grapefruit. However, the tonic has no more bubbles in it. So both of our drinks are flat. So we're going to have to throw some tonic. Wait. Yours wasn't supposed to. Wait, so my drink has crab apple in it? Crab apple. You know I don't like seafood. 
face you're giving. So this is our first attempt at making these non-alcoholic cocktails. They've been sitting here for a bit, so the ice is already starting to melt. So they're not going to be as good as they were when we first made them too. But Shane, cheers. Okay. What do you think about the crab apple drink? What do you think I think? I think it's going to be too sweet. No, I like it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Does it have... So the crab apple, I'm assuming it would have a little bit of tartness. Is it like tart? No. It tastes like a cinnamony drink. Okay, let's switch. Oh, wait. Sorry. I got to review drink? mine. All right. Let me take a... It's refreshing as hell. I love it. It's just tonic. Again, flat tonic. So maybe not the best with a little bit of grapefruit. How many calories are in my drink, you think? Oh, I know exactly. There are... 30 calories in your drink. Only 30 calories? 30 calories. Wow. I never thought I'd see the day, but fuck Coors Edge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's amazing. And mine, if we use soda water, would have zero calories. Yeah, I'm not a fan of tonic. I Mm -hmm. I feel like tonic is, people secretly think it's low in calories, but it tastes tastes terrible and has tons of calories. Yeah, it's like the same as any other pop. Yeah, fuck tonic. But if you did seed lip and soda... Maybe with some grapefruit. Yeah. Zero calorie I, I drink. definitely like the seed lip. Well, official cheers, seed lip. We're Dang. fans. But big episode today. Big episode. So I'm really excited to get into this. We have, I mean, coming off the heels of a great episode with Sarah Nicole of the Birds Papaya, we have, first of all, local heroes who I love when I first got into the mama scene, the Rebel Mamas. So they're writers. They are badass babes and they live right around the corner in toronto what makes them badass they're ethos babe they're ethos okay i have to look up so many words all the time but do like do they do drugs like i well i think like are they doing cocaine they're not talking about it if they are but they definitely are open about cannabis use and things like that they describe themselves as mommy group dropouts wow i liked that because when i first had lou i was like okay, there's no way I can go and sit through Mother Goose every day of the week. They're like these like nursery rhyme song and dances. And it's just, it's too much. Because as a mom, I find that you need something to help motivate you and feed your soul, not just your babies. So Mother Goose is really only doing it for the kid. You need some... You need something that's going to help you keep your identity. And I think that's what these women, Alex and Nikita, really strive for. So that's what I love about them. Okay, so we, we're going to make this call later in the week. So I'm going to research these mm-hmm. women. So if I seem like I know what I'm talking about on the phone call and I don't now, it's because I'm about to put in the work to actually understand what their ethos is and what the word ethos even means. I'm excited for you to do that. But here's something I do know. I love The Bachelor. And I love Amanda Stanton. Wait, you're going to get mad if I say I love Amanda Stanton. How do I say this? Just say it as you would. She's not a character. I was going to say I love her character. She's a real person on a reality show. And feeling very honored that she agreed to do this podcast and excited. And, you know, on my other podcasts, I've had the privilege of talking to many famous people. But sometimes famous people I don't consider to be famous, even though I know Mm -hmm. intellectually they are. Amanda, on the other hand... Is, is so huge to me just because I followed her life for so many hours, both on the the real Bachelor season Paradise and and Bachelor in Paradise, and I believe she was on Bachelor in Paradise twice. I think she was. So this is pretty kind of surreal for me. I am so excited. So I was always curious, and I will be totally honest. 
a little bit judgy before I had kids thinking, this woman has two daughters at home, yet she's going on The Bachelor. Wait, you went, let's just take it even back a step further back. You were judgy of people who even watched The Bachelor. I was very judgy of people who watched The Bachelor. And when you told me that you did, I was floored. And I was like, yeah, I, this isn't something we can do together. And then you're like, Alex, just watch it. Just watch it. You know, give it one episode, two episodes. Hooked. Hooked immediately. Okay, so that was your first stage of judgment that you got over. Mm-hmm. So phase two, you're saying you got over your judgment against Amanda? Yeah. So when I first saw Amanda on The Bachelor, I was kind of like, oh, man, like she's got two kids at home and she's going on this show, putting herself out there. Who's taking care of the kids? Like, what's she doing? You know, I, I don't think this is the right move. I was childless. I don't even know if we were married at that point. So it was really judgmental of me to kind of be thinking that about her. Uh, but sometimes you can't stop the judgment. It just comes from what you know and what you've already experienced. But now that I've experienced more and I've had kids and we're married and you kind of get an idea of how much certain things mean to you and happiness with somebody and maybe the opportunity to become more famous and then have more opportunities put in your lap and be able to provide for your family that way. That's huge. Yeah, for me, the the love would almost be secondary. Mm-hmm. I would just be thinking, I'm going to get so many great opportunities for this. It's going yeah. to change my life, my financial situation. And if I fall in love in the process, that's Bonus. great. It's usually at least like a 1 in 25 chance of finding love. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you even like that person you're you're there to meet and if that person even likes you but there's a pretty good chance you're going to have some social media opportunities some some press opportunities where you can you know start a business and be yeah. independently not wealthy but well off comfortable and that's yeah. the thing and anyhow it's been so interesting now being a mom and being a mom who puts her opinions and the way I do things out in the public, right? Because you hear from people, whether they are on board with you and what you do or whether they are thinking themselves, oh, you could be doing this a different way. I think you're doing this wrong or straight up. I cannot believe you take that opinion or you put your kid to bed like that or whatever. So it'll be so interesting to talk to Amanda who went through reality TV circuit so publicly and always talked about her kids and is now still an influencer like she's still so public so I want to talk about what she hears from others and kind of how she gets through that I cannot wait I cannot wait I have so many great questions hopefully for her (laughs) because again we're going to do this later in the week but when you hear it I'm going to have some great questions and I have to like keep my cool you know of course And so once the interviews are done, we will be doing some listener questions and answers, which are always very exciting, followed by, and I think this will be a really nice way to kind of cool down from this fun episode, we're going to be doing a meditation. And we're going to- Wait, what? When are we doing that? At the very end of the episode. So if you- Okay, cool. If anybody here is feeling stressed, you want to learn how to meditate. And it's it's a meditation that's designed to help us through kind of the times we're going through right now. But we're going to have a friend, Nicole, join us. And she's going to lead us through a guided meditation. So I went you to could, college with Nicole. You did. So you could take that home with you. You could do it with us now. But that'll be at the very end. So stick around for it. I think that's a very cool idea. Yeah. Do you think of that? Yeah. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> um, but... Now, going from, uh, you know, kind of judging Amanda, mm-hmm. now you're in the public spotlight a little bit. You dropped Lou down the set of stairs. Shane. Now, what? Or sorry, she, 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 she tripped and you watched her. But like, how do you feel about that? Because 
I was t- fully prepared not to talk about that, but you put yourself out there. Yeah. You decided to share that with the public. Was there fear going through your mind even sharing that? Oh my God. There like, was so much fear. Children's services showed up. I don't know what I would have done. I guess you'd be kind of honored that they were family tree fans. <laughs> first off. No, I, maybe some, maybe a tree or would have ratted on you, but sorry, continue. It, it was the most terrifying two seconds of my life. That whole thing. I don't know how long it took. You know, it could have been a second. It could have been three seconds. It was very short. It felt so long. And I, we went from having so much fun. Like we were just throwing stuffed animals off the stairs. And we were just laughing, having fun. And I don't even know how it happened. Because the entire time in my head prior to it, I was just thinking, okay, got to watch Lucy. This could be dangerous if she kind of throws too hard and goes with the animal. Going to watch her, going to watch her, going to be so careful thinking that the entire time as I'm thinking it she throws an animal down and kind of follows it she 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 followed it or just held on to the animal too long she and- kind of held on to it and then like you know follow, followed it falling down the stairs she didn't hit the first stair she bounced off the second and then does she do like a somersault down. oh my god Shane don't remind me she well, we're talking then about it. I know. Well, I know, but it's the, the details, when I, like, recall them, it really, it just, it sends a shock through my system again. But then she landed two stairs below that, thank God, on top of all her stuffed animals that we had just thrown down. Flat on her back, and she's kind of starfish, just staring up. The breath was out of me. I couldn't move. I was totally paralyzed. I didn't know what the hell to do. You came running upstairs because you heard the noise. Well, just to show from my perspective. So I was doing an Instagram live as everyone's doing live right now. But uh, my friend has this thing that's called Live at Five. So I was trying to help him out and just appear in as like a little guest. In the middle of that, I hear what definitely is a child falling down the stairs. It's a very distinct sound. Like it was unquestionably Lucy. And I'm like... Oh, no. Oh, no. And I just had to say, I have to go. There's an emergency. And I I exited out of the live. I run up the stairs. And Lou is kind of crying. I'm like, okay, please. That's kind of a good sign that she's crying. Please don't be terribly hurt. Don't have a broken arm. Don't have a broken limb. And I see you. And you're just like in shock still. You're, You're not really moving that much. And then Lou sees me and starts laughing. And she's like, Daddy. And I'm like, you. And then she runs into her room and she starts playing with Elmo, our stuffed animal, her stuffed animal. <laughs> it's, well, we share it. And then I see you and you start bawling your eyes out. And then to me, what was so sad, Lou looked over at you and just saw that you were sad. And then that made Lou sad that you were so upset. Oh, my God. She's like, mommy, don't cry. And it was like, it just made me feel like, one, Lou's such a sweetheart. And two, I'm so glad she's the one who needs to console you and not the other way around. But yeah, it was a very heartbreaking scene. I like It's so hard to think of that moment, even the aftermath of Lucy comforting me. Because at that time, I was just feeling, especially with her comforting me, it made me feel so unworthy of her. And I kind of wrote about this and just feeling unworthy of being her mother, unworthy of being a responsible adult. All these things I typically pride myself on. And then she was so concerned about me, even though I watched her fall down the stairs and I let that happen. Mm-hmm. Even if it was, you know, accidentally and I was trying not to, I was thinking about it the whole time. I let that happen. Bottom line. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm kidding. 
Like I'm like no, trying I, I, not I to bad. let the tears yeah. run down my eyes because I don't want to cry on another podcast. But it was so comforting yet broke my heart a million times more when she was comforting me. And it was for hours after that, I was shaky. Like I was physically shaking, but then my nerves were so shaky for the next 24 hours. And it was any good or bad thing, it doesn't matter how minor it was, would just send me into tears. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard to deal with. So that was an experience. We actually had a listener question about this that goes so well. And I want to ask you because it was a good point. If this had happened under your watch. Oh, I'd be... divorced like there would be like <laughs> there'd be horrible judgment it would be like men are idiots like no but would you would you have been as hard on yourself as i was no because the whole time it would be me defending my actions to you and there would be an <laughs> argument that ensued you know you've accused me sometimes like you've heard a bump and then been like sounds like Lou was in the other room up there and you were on your phone i'm like no that's not what happened at all you without even witnessing me have accused me of being negligent but I like to think, what was our word in the last episode? Handling it with grace or whatever, Mm -hmm. handling things with grace. I'd like to think I handled it with grace, my behavior with you. Shane, I I was going to touch on this with that question. Uh, So this is perfect, but you handled it so well because I was thinking the second it happened, well, not the second it happened, but the second we had cooled down from it and I was, you know, sitting back down and kind of just having a glass of water, letting myself recover. The only thing I kept thinking of in my mind was if this happened with Shane, I would have had such a different reaction and I felt so guilty about that because you were so good about it. You mm. came up, you made sure Lou was okay. Then you're like, Alec, mm-hmm. are, are you okay? How are you feeling? And like, I'm shaking and bawling. And you didn't ask what happened prior. You were just like, it's going to be okay. Like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Things like this happen. Lucy's fine. And you were calming me down without any judgment, without anything. And I don't know that I would have been able to do that with you. And if I did, it may have been an initial thing to calm you down, but then it still would have been going through my head. And I felt so guilty about that. And I hope that this changes how I initially react to things. Is going it weird forward. that I'm tearing up at what a good guy I am? <laughs> Like, that's a weird reaction to have, isn't it? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, this guy's good. As you're telling that story, I'm like, wait, that guy's me. <laughs> but I was very glad. Like, I mean, hey, if Lou has to fly down the stairs, I'm glad it's under your watch. Mm-hmm. I was very relieved that it, if it has to happen, it happened under your watch because there would be no way I could explain myself. Uh, all right. So I wanted to ask you about one thing that's been on my mind I want to know if I'm crazy for like thinking this and it's not the first time that I've thought this but I want to know if other people specifically you get these thoughts too does it ever go through your mind that it's possible that none of your friends actually like you and they're just friends with you because no they gotta be I never think about that so you think all your friends genuinely like you I have paranoid thoughts that if I've done something to upset them at times but I, I always think our bond is so strong that mm-hmm. it can never be broken. It's almost like my bond with you. Yeah. Like I, you, you also are the type to think that you and I are going to get divorced. I've come home from trips, and if I didn't talk to you for the first ten minutes of the trip, like let's say I was tired or something, or maybe acting slightly off, you've looked at me with tears and said, "We're getting a divorce, aren't we?" <laughs> I'm like, "A divorce? What are you talking about? Maybe, maybe we'll get some takeout." 
but certainly not a divorce. So you you are shockingly more paranoid about this than me, who I consider myself to be a more paranoid person. Because I've I've just been feeling like I've either been pissing people off. Who I don't. Are you pissed off? I don't know. I just feel like I've, just I have piss that people general off. General feeling. And uh, or that none of my friends actually give a crap about me and it's like a narcissistic thought and i hate that i I even think that again but it's weird it's been this week i've just been feeling it do you know i've been getting a hunch i feel like at this point in your friend's life like you know my friends are seven six to eight years older than your friends your friends are really in the heart of life right now and they're trying to like Mm -hmm. get their first home and start their own families and you were a little ahead of the curve in your friend group Mm -hmm. and a lot of your friends more than half aren't pregnant and don't Mm -hmm. have children and they're trying to working towards that so there is a little bit of a disconnect in lifestyles so there's not as much commonality to do so it's hard to have you come over for drinks or something oh well that's the other thing like it's not like maybe i'm pissing them off because like i can't ever do things and you know what i mean like i don't i just don't know what it is but i've just been getting that hunch it's just you're at an awkward place different phase in life and I think later on, like in about five years from now, you'll be <laughs> no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying like that's when you can be friends again. No, but I, you'll I, be I, much closer in five years than you will in the next couple because starting a family, getting a house, you're very connected with your partner, and your partner's your mm-hmm. best friend. Oh, without a doubt. And the thing, like, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to take over the place of their best friends, their partners, or their other best friends. And I wouldn't want them to do that for me. But I just, I want to feel good again. So ladies, five years from now, my house, I'll get the good tequila. We're having a night. Yeah. There is almost, a, I find, a tribal mentality or some gang mentality. Like you can split into two gangs, the people mm-hmm. who have kids. And oh, the 100%. People, people who don't. And then typically most friends end up having kids. Some may never have kids but most people i find do end up having children and then you end up being in one big happy gang together yep but right now there's a a a divide oh i'm feeling it i'm feeling it even with friends with kids though i just feel like this week i just pissed people off or something and i didn't even say anything i just i just feel like uh maybe people don't like me like like you know when elaine in seinfeld is like maybe i'm not as attractive as i think i am do you remember that episode yeah okay Maybe I'm not as charming as I think I am. No, I think you and Elaine are very hot. And, <laughs> and I think you're both very charming. It's just, if any, honestly, with you, if anyone has a problem with you, they have a problem. Like, no, but, you are but, a good, good person. Yeah, but maybe I'm not the best friend. And that's the thing. And now it's got me being all introspective and trying to think about how I am with them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been screwing me the all The type week. of person to think that is usually a good friend. No, I hope so. Shane, do you want to get to our first awesome call? I do. The Rebel Mamas. So we have Nikita and Alex about to come on the line. The Rebel Mamas, they have a community online that you can check out on Instagram, on their website. But they wrote, which is how I found them, the Handbook for Cool Moms, which I'm really into. I can't say that I'm entirely cool, but I would like to be. And I'm really into their perspective on motherhood. What do you think defines being a cool mom? Just doing what you want, not giving an F. And I, here's the thing. I do that, except I didn't swear right there. 
something stopped me. Does that make me uncool? I've heard you swear. Oh, I swear a lot off mic. But does not swearing on mic you were make me uncool? You were saying the C word the other day. Well, sometimes those things are called for, Shane. But yelling lick my C word? Lick- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so let's take it to our interview with Nikita and Alex. Hello? Hello, Alex. Shane. I'm just going to add Nikita right now. You're already done. Wait, what? Wow. (laughs) This is cool. We are Virgos, mofo. (laughs) I didn't know this kind of thing could happen so easily. Wait, if I had chosen to call Nikita first, would this... Have we were already worked? on the phone. Yes. Yeah, we were already on the phone. <laughs> Shane, oh. we are so behind in I don't know any how this, this works. Okay, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were on the phone basically, so who, as long as we're on the phone together, no matter who calls, we can just merge that call in to both of us. So it's just easier that way. And this is iPhone technology that allows this to happen, or can you do this with any phone? Uh, We've never tried any other kind of sure, but yeah, we don't know about other phones. That's not very rebellious to just be uh, with the iPhone. Um, No, we're not very tech savvy. We stick with what we know. Uh, Ladies, thank you so, so much for being on with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, So we're here with Nikita and Alex of the writers of the Rebel Mama Handbook or the Handbook for Cool Moms. Sorry. It's okay. I know, it's a mouthful. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm honestly just so excited. And I'm a little a little nervous. Starstruck, if you will. Super, oh super uncool no, of me. There's no way. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been real pumped for this call because I have been a fan of you guys since I actually I wish it was my first pregnancy, but it was right after I had my first daughter. And I was hanging out in uh, early bird and worm in Toronto. And I was. Oh, we love that story. Isn't it great? I needed yeah, to breastfeed. Like I was like standing up shopping and breastfeeding, and then the owner, who's so sweet, she went and grabbed Jenna? me this. Yeah, Jenna. she grabbed She's me this best. chair, and it was like a throne, and put it in the middle of the store. So I was just sitting in the middle of the store in this throne, breastfeeding. <laughs> I love her. And then she's like, "Oh well, while you're doing that, you know, if you want to take a look at a book, I think you'll really like it." And she gave me the handbook for cool moms. So it was the best breastfeeding experience ever. It was one of the first times that I was like out in the world with my daughter. We and, feel so close to you now. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> no, and this is why I'm, uh, I am so pumped. But I was flipping through and then the second that I opened it up to the page, it was talking about finding out you're pregnant and then that little vain bitch inside comes out and starts <laughs> worrying about how you're going to look and it's how to calm the inner inner narcissist in you and I was like this is something that I haven't spoken about to anybody it's been on my mind I feel guilty every time I think about these things and I was like these women are speaking to me and then I've been such a fan ever since yeah oh so we're so happy to hear that oh well thank you (laughs) and I was wondering what was the impetus for writing the handbook for cool moms um honestly there was a void in the parenting section that needed to be filled. That's what we kind of felt like. There was nothing, like you said too, there was nothing that spoke our language. There was no common sense advice. 
there was not a real look into parenting. It was more like encyclopedias and really like how to do parenting, which we yeah. all know is like an impossible thing to <laughs> write about. So we kind of like wanted to offer a girlfriend's guide, like something that you can read and be like, okay, they get me or you feel like you have, you know, your girlfriends in your corner. No, absolutely. And yeah, did all the you... stuff your doctor didn't tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you guys have anything like that? when you were pregnant no no <laughs> it was terrible the internet was terrible the books were terrible the mommy forums were terrible they we were, were like worst. oh my god we'll just we'll just do it ourselves like if yeah. no one can do it we'll just do it ourselves i think i was listening somewhere and you said you were actually reading the books intended for dads because you felt like you could relate yes. more to that <laughs> Dude, You're Gonna Be a Dad is the only parenting book that I actually identified <laughs> with. And it's funny because I feel like I parent like a dad. Yes, totally. I really do. I'm like, yeah, they're fine. It's fine. And we have a lot of guy friends. Like, I feel like we've always hung out with a lot of guy friends, too. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like people language. give advice differently to men than to women, especially when they're going to have kids. Yeah. So you mean I enjoyed how it was? Yeah. And I enjoyed how it was being delivered to men more, so... Are dads cooler parents in general than moms? I don't want to be too controversial here, but I thought I'd take a risk and ask that. <laughs> I think dads have a bit more leeway than we give moms, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I guess they're cool in the sense that they're stereotypically calmer, maybe, or uh, more laissez-faire with certain things. Well, I mean, my husband's not calmer than me, that's for sure. <laughs> but, I think, <laughs> but I think they're maybe sometimes classified as the more fun parent, too. And they like to be active with the boys, too. Like, we have three boys between us, and both of our guys like are the sports guys. Mm-hmm. right you know yeah yeah so, so they get to be the fun parents and we yeah. tend to fall into more of the nurturing parent we cook <laughs> and we read and whatever but yeah see that's it's- annoying to me i want to be the fun parent i hate that typically you can be babe and that's that's what we're trying to instill in our house yeah but totally then you have to be. play and playing is actually not fun yeah, playing's annoying. Dads love to play. Moms don't love to play because we want to be productive. We want to be doing things. And dads are like, "Yeah, I'll do Legos with you for two hours." And like, no, especially right now. Like I'm eight months pregnant, and I am so tired and in pain and lazy oh, that my game is sitting on the couch and turning on the TV right now. And yeah, that's, right. that's as far as I want to go. But yeah, no, I I hate that stereotypically dads get to be the fun I parent. know it's not fair even looking back at my parents i'm like oh yeah dad's the fun one it's not fair my poor mom yeah i hated it until i kind of embraced it more and then i was like oh yeah i don't really want to be the fun parent <laughs> <laughs> yeah me either That's okay i like being in charge too yeah it's a lot of yeah. effort <laughs> it is a lot of effort the playing is you know it gets a little bit tiresome after a while it's hard work being this fun ladies um, apparently it is so what I, what I got when I was reading your book and what I've gotten from your community since then was that you don't have to sacrifice who you are in yourself to be the perfect mom or at Absolutely least be like not. the ideal and the images that we see of the perfect mom because that is of course bullshit like there's nobody that falls directly into that category so like is that the intent of your book and yes. of your community and <laughs> Like, what else should people get from it? I mean, I think we lead that way by example, too. I think anybody that knows us, we've always stayed true to our identities. Like, the things that we've always loved to do in life, we've continued to do. And we've sort of just, like, taken our family on 
with it, mm-hmm. but we're better people for it. And that's what we're trying to show everyone. It's like, if you take care of yourself, you'll be a better mother, a better wife, because <laughs> you're happy oh, and you're fulfilled, yeah. right? But I think that, you know, the first couple months after you have a kid is kind of a wash. And yes, your identity does kind of go through the ringer at that time, because you really can't think about anything other than the survival mm-hmm. of this tiny human you've brought in. But I think that going through that really solidified for us that we weren't going to be happy if we weren't being true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we tried it and it just didn't work. (laughs) So we thought, no, let's just do it our way. And without being too, you don't want to be preachy about it because you never know. Some people are looking for an identity change Mm -hmm. and they, Mm -hmm. you know, latch on to motherhood for that. And it could bring them to a better place and they're happier for it. And that's great. But that just wasn't the case for us. So we're just doing what we find suits us best and what has made us and our families happier overall and if other people can you know get on board with that and it works for them too then great well the whole perfect thing the whole perfect thing you you guys were talking about too is like when we landed on the scene as new parents that was kind of the only thing we saw too and you're like this is kind of bullshit oh completely i was going to ask what is the most rebellious thing that you both do that other moms might turn their nose up to like less cool moms I can't answer that without my lawyer, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, me either. I played the fifth. I'm just so fascinated with Rebel Mama, and I want to know the limits. And uh, in fact, I have a game. There are no limits. (laughs) That's the best answer. But yeah, no, Shane, bring on... uh... Okay, I have a game. And, uh, you know, this isn't about things you do, but this is just things that other moms could do. And it's just maybe saying your opinion, whether or not what you think is this cool or uncool for parents to do, or is it acceptable? Should we explain what we mean by cool first? Yes. Nikita? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could ruin my game. (laughs) Well, I'm Do you want to just squash this game right down right okay, now? Fine, the goal? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll play your game first. Okay, my games never work out. I know this. I have to edit them out often, but just humor me here. Okay. This is hilarious. Is it okay not to open... I'm starting easy here too, by the way. Is it okay not to open gifts at a baby shower? Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. It's okay not to go to baby showers too. Yes. Yeah, it's also okay to RSVP no. <laughs> okay, if you have a child, is it okay to be hungover? Yes, yeah. but I wouldn't recommend it. There's ways of doing it where they're not there when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> okay, is it okay to swear in front of your child? I hope so. Yes. <laughs> For us, honestly, like we swore in front of our kid when he was like two. He used to repeat it. Now he's six and he's so over it. Like the novelty has worn off so much that he doesn't even care. Hold on, because I want to ask you about not this. to use it. When your kid would repeat it, what do you do? Because Lucy has started to repeat swear words. She started saying fuck all the time. I don't know how, but we don't even how say it that much. How old is she? Is she two. like two? Yeah, she's how old is the yeah. baby? She's so two. she's yeah. on repeat no matter what. Doing. They're like little parrots. So you just got to let them say it and don't make a big deal out of it. Like, don't be like, oh, my God, no, don't say that because then she'll want to say it more. Exactly. So yeah. like, yeah, whatever, and just laugh it off. And then eventually the novelty just wears off. Like, 
Yeah, she's obsessed with the word cock too because she she <laughs> calls great word. <laughs> she calls she she's not able to say chalk and she's been using chalk, chalk a lot f- uh, during quarantine. So she's like, oh my "Where's my cock? Where's my cock? <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck!" And it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, my she's a wild one. A lot, she is. a lot, a lot. It's bad, but oh, you know. Okay. Um, so funny. Okay, number four. Is it okay to go on a weekend getaway without the kids? Absolutely. Oh my god, a weekend. You can go for a week, you can go for two weeks. Okay. See, that was this was a two part. I thought you were going to say yes and then I was going to say what about a two week vacation and you said that's yes. okay. All right, you took care of that. <laughs> okay. Is it okay? They can't tell time. They have no concept like And Absence makes the heart grow fonder, so. Indeed. Okay, Perfect. there's just a couple more here. Is it okay to ha- give your child dessert for dinner? Uh, depends dinner. on what's for dessert. Yeah, you, that's true, actually. You had that pineapple upside down cake. That could have been a good mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wait, what, what desserts wouldn't be acceptable for dinner? Um, well, you know what? I, I had a really great pediatrician once tell me to not be concerned about what your kids eat in a day, but look at it over a week. Mm-hmm. So if your kid's having a particularly rough day and, you know, they've had some fruit and some veggies earlier and then through the week they ate well, if like, you know, a piece of banana cake and some grapes is going to do the trick and hold them over, then like, whatever. Especially in but not like a quarantine, there's like truly no rules. No freezies, nothing but no artificial freezy. coloring. Yeah. <laughs> it makes them crazy. Oh, it makes them awful. It has to be like a healthy slash dessert. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a fake yeah. dessert yeah we've been way more lenient in quarantine though because there's like few groceries in the house and it's hard okay I, yeah. found, I found this one interesting going topless at a beach with your child oh yeah i've done it yeah but not in toronto no that's a mexico thing there's things that yeah. we're okay with in certain this is one thing that i taught my kids and it relates to swearing it relates to nudity it relates to everything is it's more important for them to learn the rules where they are and abide by them because the rules are different everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. The rules at my house are not the same as the rules at the grandparents' house, which aren't the same as the rules at school. Like, know where you are, be aware of your surroundings and who is in charge, Mm -hmm. and it's their rules. So if we are on a beach where I can tan topless, then my top is coming off, and that's going to be fine because that's where we are. Am I in Bellwoods? With my boobs out? No. No, we have too many people for that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and this is the very last one. What do you feel about if it's like the middle of the day, it's not nap time or anything, but you want to have a quick, and I'm trying to sound cool here by saying bang sesh, uh, and you put your child in the crib during that time. Is that okay? With our husbands? Yes. (laughs) Well, this was a two-part. The other question was, is it okay to be unfaithful? Just joking. (laughs) Yes, with your husband. I mean, if the baby's small enough to go in a crib, that would probably be the last thing on my mind. (laughs) But it's definitely okay if you want to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. They can't tell. They can't. As long as everybody's safe, you know? Yeah. It's like safe and crying in a two-year-old's crib is fine for 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I can't, yeah. The crying would put me off the move. Well, yeah, I don't know about crying. That's what all the doors are for. You just shut everything. A a movie, maybe like a playpen and then a movie combination downstairs. I don't know. I'm sure there's ways around it. That's a lot of commitment. (laughs) 
That is a lot of commitment. <laughs> That's a lot of work. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes you just need what you need. Got to keep the kid yeah, out. in the middle of the afternoon. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that was my game. The, the game is over, and you won. Did we win? Yes. <laughs> Congrats. We win. <laughs> so, wait, now I want to get to what you guys were going to define cool as before Shane started the game. Um, well, you know what? It's We had a lot of back and forth in naming the book and whether or not we should use the word cool because what are the connotations of that and it's so subjective and we had a lot of back and forth about it but then in the end that's what we ended up loving about the word the most and it's Mm -hmm. also why we put it in parentheses because the title makes sense with or without it which is always the purpose of something in parentheses yeah and it's basically like cool is in the eye of the beholder it's totally subjective for us cool is multifaceted cool is kind it's transparent authentic honest non-judgmental it's all these things that we're trying to make cool (laughs) and if we can succeed in making that cool then we can improve the motherhood experience across the board right like if that's what people are aiming for then we can create a better place right no i and And that's how we felt too sorry no no you like when we met other moms that were that we deemed as cool it was just it was you know women and moms that were willing to have an honest conversation and like be totally authentic about themselves so Mm -hmm. that's the only thing we mean by that i know sometimes it can be taken out of context so easily if people don't really take the time to like get to know us or get to know our content they think we're just pushing like cool as in sunglasses and a leather jacket although that (laughs) does help too (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah no and i there is honestly like we said like such a need for that and like i used to I used to feel real cool. Like in high school, I was like a punk. I'd, you know, stud my own leather jackets. I'd dye my hair. And I felt pretty rebellious. And then in university in my early 20s, still felt rebellious. Love a good party. Love a good hunky guy until Shane came along. What does that oh, mean? Yeah. Is and- that implying I'm not a hunk? <laughs> like I got you off hunk? Don't worry about it, Shane. No, you're, Shane gotcha. is incredibly hunky. As yeah. a side note. Hmm. And then when you guys are funny, (laughs) when I had Lucy, our first daughter, I struggled with that immediately postpartum. It's like you're dealing with so much, you know, between your Frankenstein looking vagina immediately postpartum, your leaking nipples. (laughs) And one thing that I I hate like bringing up, but flatulence, like immediately postpartum, it's brutal. So it's like when all this stuff is happening, (laughs) (laughs) but like when all this stuff is happening, it's so easy to feel uncool and not good about yourself. And it took me a few months to kind of find my identity and into it. There's no way you can feel amazing in the first few months of, like, giving birth. It's impossible. Those have been dark days. Like, I think we're too hard on ourselves. We expect so much, like, of a turnaround so Mm. quickly because we do that in every other part of our lives. Yeah. That you don't give yourself that time to just be, like, uncool. Not cool, yeah. (laughs) And and just recover, you know what I mean? And take your time. And you will get there. That cool girl, the punk girl that you described is still in there. And if you want to go dancing, we are down. Beauty. Beauty. Do you think that quick recovery is celebrated too much, like in the media? Yeah, and it's totally a cultural thing. Like, this does not happen in other countries. It does not happen in other cultures. It is a North American, it's a Western European thing where we celebrate the bounce back. Like, 
oh my God, did you see her? It's only been a week and her stomach is gone. It's like, oh my God, that poor woman probably binded herself and, you know, yeah. a million things for this. And it's for what? For you? For your yeah. gaze? For your, to appease you? Like, what the fuck is that? That mm-hmm. bothers me so much yeah. because in other cultures, there's like a 40 day lay in period where women come and tend to your bandages and take care of your babies and make sure you're hydrated and make sure you're eating fatty foods for the breast milk. And it's a really supported, society and a supported concept and we just we fail so hard at postpartum in north america canada's better the u.s struggles even more than we do but it is sad to see how we expect and praise women for bouncing back it's such a bizarre thing we really try to i think we do that in the book too is yeah we we write about it shine some light on the postpartum period and just be like cut yourself some fucking slack and sometimes you need somebody to tell you to cut yourself Mm. that slack because we just get so in our own heads. Um, but yeah. if we can do that for women with the book, then we will have done something good too, I think. And it, it's not even just like in our own heads. It's like you guys have a huge social media presence and it's there. Like I have yeah. companies trying to sell me waist trainers and they, yeah. they say yeah. these things with like such, they try to be so positive and they're like, hey, if you want to start looking good after pregnancy again, why don't you use our waist trainer? And it's like, it it's so frustrating. I want to grab them by the shoulders and just shake them because it's it's sickening. You just have to take it for what it is. It's just ads that are targeted at a certain like mm-hmm. certain age group or pregnant women or whatever and you you got to like have that mental capacity to kind of look at it and be like okay whatever they're selling me shit. I don't care. Like it's not, I'm not going Yeah. And and <laughs> report that ad. From- yeah and mute. we use the mute button a lot on instagram yeah. too we like keep following people but we mute their posts because we don't find them like valuable right so right if anything's making you feel like shit you get rid of it mm-hmm. you so su- you surround yourself with like-minded people and supportive people and and those people will bring you up and then you can look at positive stuff there's also amazing things that can make you feel better on the mm-hmm. internet it just depends what you look at so was the transition easy for you guys like from going from that you know, really tough first few months postpartum to like finding yourselves again, or was it kind of smooth? Uh, I had a mental breakdown for my <laughs> so unsmooth, <laughs> so rocky. Then, <laughs> um, yeah, that you know what? I was just in the first few months, I was just trying to be perfect, yeah, because that's like my personality of like Virgo and, and trying to micromanage everything in my life. So I was just trying to do the perfect way, have my baby napping the way it's supposed to nap and all this other stuff. And I totally had a breakdown and I couldn't take it anymore. And I realized it was coming from myself. Like mm-hmm. I had to just totally cut that off. And once I realized that I couldn't control anything and I kind of let it go and rolled with the punches, everything became so much easier. Yeah. And you know, but you have to kind of have that, breakthrough I guess I don't know I don't know what it was like for you Nikita I mean I don't think it was easy I think that it was not terrible for me because I had a lot of support from my the women in my family I'm Jamaican like Caribbean people just function differently when it comes to like personal space and (laughs) you know like they my, they were there and they were with the baby and they were if I needed anything they were and my grandma both and that was huge they that kind of allowed me to get back to some semblance of feeling normal Mm -hmm. pretty quickly I never felt really hit a like rock rock bottom point because I kind of had them 
holding me up in a sense. I was also really young too. I think that I was young and naive and that works, I think. There was a reason why people had babies really young. Yeah, before, no, you're like, right. yeah it's fine. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> no, I, I can't have any more after this one. Done. Yeah, I had my first when I was like 25. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I, was yeah, I was done before 30. Yeah. And when you were having your uh, children, were you thinking, oh, I'm going to do it all natural? Because I find that to be a big kind of obsession for some people. No, um, I was I'm, cool with the idea of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was in the boat of, we'll see what happens, what happens, happens kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I showed up at the hospital and I was like, you tell me, like, what are my options here? And we kind of played it by ear. But the minute they were like, do you want something for the pain? I'm like, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> you take, but you take pain things when you go to the dentist, yeah. right? Yeah. And 100%. when you have things... So why wouldn't you, I mean, you can do whatever you like. Everybody is free to obviously make their own choice. But pain relief was, was super. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had the sweetest birth because of all the pain meds. Like we were watching yeah, the movie yeah. until the baby was literally halfway out of my body. Yeah. It was, oh, it, fell oh out of my vagina. It, was it was wonderful. Like it was so nice. Um, but kind of like bringing it back to that postpartum thing, like for the two of you, you have undeniable insane big dick energy and i think moms are looking why thank you (laughs) and i think moms are looking to kind of embrace that part of themselves again but for the things that we mentioned like it's it makes it tough right so how do you think that they should go about doing this like do you have any advice for a mom who's trying to find that part of herself again who's trying to harness her own big dick energy yeah she wants that bonus <laughs> yeah to find that dick <laughs> you should talk to your daughter and, and get some <laughs> thoughts on cock you know cock, cock, cock. <laughs> you um i think that having a sense of humor is number one like if yeah. you can't laugh about it you'll cry because mm-hmm. there's so much about the postpartum period and motherhood in general that's just such a shit show that if you take it too seriously like you really can never grow from it or embrace it or anything so i think number one would you would be that you definitely have to have a sense of humor i think it really helps to have at least one other person in your corner we also were really lucky that we had each other we gave birth six weeks apart alex and i that's amazing um so we totally had each other to hang on to and anytime we were like hey don't you think this like you know you get all riled up especially when you're all hormonally charged and you're like this is fucking bullshit. Like we got to take society down. And then you have somebody else that's like, yeah, let's go to the government. Like (laughs) you have to kind of have a buddy. Your people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know how a boxer has their like hype man in their corner, like getting them ready to go into the fight. Like, I feel like you need that. Everybody needs a hype man. Well, if you find, but if you find that other person that you can, like we say in the book too, you can, you can say that it sucks, you know, there's not just cause you're like two weeks in and you have a beautiful baby that you've waited for so mm. long. Like it's okay to say that it sucks. Right. So if you Absolutely, have yeah. someone to say it to, you start to really like say your truth out loud and realize that there's nothing wrong with it because at the end of the day, the truth is the truth and it makes it easier for everybody else. Like I'd rather someone tell me, the truth of how shit it's going to be it's mm-hmm. still going to be great but there's going to be shit parts rather than the whole like it's a miracle and oh my god you're going to be such a wonderful parent and it's so rewarding like it is all those things but also <laughs> it's shit yeah no you know, so like, yeah. I started like documenting my first pregnancy kind of online because I have lupus and I was having a really hard time with it and then from that like I've I'm continuing to do that still 
And when I talk about the negative things that come with pregnancy and postpartum, I immediately get backlash from people saying, well, you're just lucky you have a child. And it turns into this competition. And it's just, it's insane. It doesn't mean you're not grateful for your child. You know, I have yeah. a friend that tried to have a baby through IVF and they finally got pregnant years later. And she felt bad for feeling any negative way about the whole motherhood experience. But how can you not? You're human. Mm-hmm. So if you're tired and, you know, you're not feeling well, you don't think you're doing a good job, you're going to feel crappy. And that's okay. No, even if you've waited for a really long time to have a baby, you're allowed to say it. And it's so liberating it is. when you do. No, it is completely. So now we're all living in this kind of another si- shitty situation quarantine in the covid era (laughs) which also requires a sense of humor or else you're not gonna fucking get through it exactly (laughs) all the same kind of thing and i wanted to know how do you maintain a chill rebel mama vibe in quarantine you want us to give you the names of the strains of weed (laughs) please please well we start the morning out with a nice sativa (laughs) um I mean, you do get to a, we've definitely got to a point where it's like, I think that we were all really uneasy at the beginning. Unknowns are never good. They're really not good for people like us that do like to have some kind of control where mm-hmm. Alex and I are both pretty A-type um, in terms of our personality. So it was tough at the beginning to wrap our heads around what was happening. But I think that, you know, having two kids for me anyway, and I, I feel like I've gone through this twice. Like, I feel like I've already been in isolation myself Mm -hmm. twice in my life and I know what it's like and I know that it's hard and I know what kind of growth can come out of it and I just started to pivot my way of thinking to like okay if I can't control this then what can I control about this I can control what the media we consume in this house is I can control the conversations we have here I can control what this environment looks like and feels like and all these different things and you end up doing that just for your kids too right just to Mm -hmm make sure that they're in an environment that they feel safe in and good in. And it's, you know, trusting your gut a hundred percent with, you know, there's a lot of recommendations right now on all the things you can and should be doing with your children. (laughs) Yeah. But why add to the stress either? Like, I mean, it's nice to try to be helpful, but if you're giving parents so much information about what they should be doing, that's not very helpful at all, right? Like, that just stresses them out more. And some people think, you know, I don't have time to do this. There's so many different circumstances. Not everybody can sit and homeschool their kids all day long. Oh like, my some people have to work. <laughs> no, so, I yeah. hear all this about home. So I'm a teacher, and I am teaching high school from home right now. Oh, my and God. And it's, it's insanity. <laughs> like, Lucy's running around saying cock. Shane's working his job as well. I'm also saying cock. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's so hectic. And I do find that if you let yourself get caught up in it, it's so easy to kind of fly off the handle and lose your cool. But if you really just appreciate the situation, I guess, for what it is, that's that's what's helping me. And like, I'm not a type, so I can't relate with you guys there. I am uh, incredibly opposite of a type whatever that's called. Oh, my God. Do you want us to come hold your drawers? Can you? (laughs) But it's... When this is over, yes. (laughs) But it's... It's Honestly, though, it's how you spin it. It's like PR, right? You take the story and you spin it. So you can make it whatever you want it to be for yourself. And you just have to decide on that when you wake up in the morning. That's a survival tactic, 100% too. You have to lean into your own way of dealing with things. 
and just kind of yeah. be comfortable in that. It's been nice, like turning off the news though, and like not paying attention that much, and even like spending less time on our phones. Like we put aside time for work but then we just enjoy the time with our kids and our families no absolutely so i've just got one more question left for you guys so one of your friends gets pregnant and asks each of you as the writers of the best modern handbook for motherhood one piece of advice for pregnancy and one for postpartum what do you tell them buy the book (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> marketing perspective we didn't spend a year writing that to be actually having conversations <laughs> with you guys no. um what what are um, i would say just like simplifying things maybe i haven't really thought like i mean we get this question a lot but it's always <laughs> trying to think of a different answer but <laughs> chill and try to simplify things instead of making them more complicated so yeah. don't try to do it all and and be like some kind of mom athlete <laughs> like yeah. mvp just chill like enjoy the time with your kids realize or that it's not going to last forever if it's hard it's hard make sure you like reach out to people that you can talk to don't be you know too um hard on yourself in terms of asking for help like some people really have a hard time asking for help because they feel like they're failing mm-hmm. yeah but that's so many good postpartum advice don't try to be a hero yeah like yeah. Yeah. you don't have to like do a million things all at once right after you have a baby it's because you, like, you feel that way before you right do. that's what you yeah. do in your work life and in your single life so you're like oh this is just another project but it's kind of not yeah no it's a long project <laughs> yeah this one's not a race it's a marathon so don't burn out your energy at the beginning <laughs> Um, but I, I really do want to thank you guys for coming on today. It was a lot of fun for me. I've been really looking forward to it, as I said. And if listeners are just as into it as I am, where can they find you guys online or otherwise? Uh, you can find us at www.therebelmama.com. That's our website. We're at The Rebel Mama on social media. And our book is called The Rebel Mama's Handbook for Cool Moms. And it is available anywhere books are sold. Beautiful. <laughs> <Yes>. Beautiful. <laughs> Well, ladies, again, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Thank and you so much. Have a great. I know when this is over, we should meet up. One hundred percent. I'm gonna. I pop this baby out at the beginning of July, and then I'm ready for anything. <laughs> Babe, don't be a hero. I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But I am. I am definitely ready for a stiff old fashioned. So. All right. Me too. Yeah, I'm coming yeah. to. It. I know I probably wasn't invited. Also. But. Shane, okay, Shane, 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 you can come for you. <laughs> All right, ladies, have a lovely weekend. Thanks again. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. See ya. Shane, how do you think that went? Well, I think the game, it could have gone better, but it could have gone worse. It can always go worse. But it can always go better, too. I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. What of those things do you think that you'd be most like to do? I guess that's not a fair question because you're always topless at the beach. I am. But if I had boobs... I would, if they were nice boobs, I guess, I'd really want to have them out. Well, I don't have... Even at a non-topless beach. (laughs) I don't even know, I think, like, what percentage of the population would have typically nice boobs without, you know, getting something done. I'm not saying I wouldn't have gotten fake implants after birth. Well, hey, I love to have these things out at the beach. It's one of my favorite things to do on a hot day. Alex is pointing at my testicles right now just for the people who can't see. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, not, I'm pointing at my own boobs because I am a huge topless beach person. I think it's the only way to swim. I hate 
uh, going in the ocean or going in the water with a swimsuit top on. Well, I don't think I'm being too forward when I say you have a nice chest. Well, I appreciate that. I wasn't always a fan of it, but I I am now. Okay, so uh, this is the postmortem about Rebel Mamas. <laughs> no, I wanted to. Uh, I just want to say that I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed having them on. It is a great book, and it does help ease your mind um, if you are the type of mom who you know kind of gets nervous when you see maybe a baby encyclopedia or the idea of going to Mother Goose sing-alongs doesn't appeal to you. I would definitely check it out, and. No matter where you live, you live in a place that has a tribe of women just like you. You just need to find them. I found mine through Moms Toronto, Moms Hamilton, really great groups that, you know, their perspectives on motherhood kind of align with my own. And you do have something where you live. And if you don't, start it. You can be the change in your own community to bring what you think is missing. But Shane, do you think I'm a cool mom? Or do you... (laughs) Do you think I'm too cheesy to be a cool mom? Well, it's hard. Like the, getting into what we were talking about earlier on the when we were talking to Rebel Mamas, the definition of cool is very hard to pinpoint. Of course. But I think when people think of cool, I think they would typically think of someone maybe a little less overly smiley and laughy <laughs> and I can't help it. Bubbly. So I think you are cool, but not traditionally cool in the leather jacket stereotypical way. Of course. So I'm cool because I lean into my cheesiness, perhaps. Yeah, you you kind of, you don't have a facade, and I think no facade is very cool. Thank you. You just made me feel so cool. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next we have got Amanda Stanton from The Bachelor. You know her. You love her, and now we are going to talk to her. Oh, I can't wait. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on this Family Tree podcast. We are so excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Amanda, you are on season 20 of The Bachelor with Ben Higgins. Shane got me in to the show. I was not a believer at first, but uh, totally sucked in now, and you always stood out as being just so sweet, so fun, and now where I am in my life, I am pregnant with my second daughter. I am relating to you so much more as a mother, and I'm kind of looking back on your season and what you've done subsequently and thinking that is a huge step to take with kids, so we were hoping to kind of get into that. How old were your daughters when you went on season 20? Back then they were, let's see, Kinsley was two, or sorry, Kinsley was almost three and Charlie was one and a half. So they were babies. It's so funny now that I look back too, um, because they were so little. Because they're so little, was it a difficult decision to say, all right, I'm going to leave for this, you know, unspecified amount of time to take this step? What's so funny is I don't really think I was aware of the opportunities that would come from going on the show. And um, my mom nominated me for the show and literally forced me to do it. I did not want to go. My mom was living in St. Louis at the time and she flew out and she's like, I'm going to watch the kids for you. And I'm not even exaggerating. She had to pretty much push me out the door to go. (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that she did. She knew. She obviously knew. And so, yeah, it it wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't even something I really wanted to do. It was more my mom's decision, which is so funny. 
Did you even know to have any trepidation of being judged for being a mom and going on that show? Or did you just learn really quick that was something that was going to happen? Well, what's so funny is I feel like they don't cast as many single moms now as they used to. But I didn't really think I would I would receive too much judgment just because, I mean, I wasn't super familiar with the show, but I had seen it before and I knew there was usually other single parents on there. So I didn't Mm. think it would be that big of a deal, but I feel like I did receive a lot more judgment than I thought. What about you do you think made people judge you more than other people? To be honest, I don't think it was really the judgment when I went on The Bachelor. It more so came when I went on Bachelor in Paradise, which was also something that that was a harder decision for me because I knew that I went on The Bachelor and everything was good. So deciding to go on a second show was kind of a harder decision for me and I feel like that's where more of the judgment came from was that I went back on and do you and do you think too because maybe Bachelor in Paradise is considered more of a fun show and you kind of the more fun you're having as a mom you get judged more a hundred percent it's so true and I think I even knew that going into Bachelor in Paradise I was like I don't know if this is my kind of show or if Mm -hmm. it's something that I should be doing and obviously looking back I'm so glad that I did and I kind of got out of my comfort zone But I see why parents get judged more for that rather than going on The Bachelor the first time, even though I don't think it's fair and I don't I don't think it's right. But I do understand. Well, that's the one thing I want to kind of talk about, too, is it's not fair and it's not right. And you can't comment on somebody's situation if you're not in it. But before I was a mom, I didn't really get it either. You know what I mean? And there are so many things that I didn't really get, like kids tantruming grocery stores and like a huge list. And now that I'm a mom, I get it. I have sympathy. I see their point of view. Hell, I'm even considering signing up for The Bachelor. My husband's sitting right beside me because I need a damn break. (laughs) Well, and Alex, my wife here, just to show how much of a hypocrite she is and how everyone (laughs) becomes a hypocrite sooner or later, she was one of the people who was judging you for being on the show at first. And now she herself being married wants to sign up for The Bachelor. That's so funny. I I, I get it all. And I get the trepidations you've had, you would have about going away. But the possible want to do it again. And I see all that because being a mom is so much more than just being a mom. You're still you. You still have things that you want to do. Yeah. The way I looked at it, I was kind of like, okay, when am I going to get this opportunity to do this again? And I hadn't, that was the longest I was ever away from my kids. Actually, I don't think I ever left them one time for like four days up Mm -hmm. until that point. But I was like, okay, you know, this is a long time to be away, but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm never going to get this chance again. And B, there were so many opportunities that came from it. So I didn't want to look back and be like, oh, I should have gone. Like, you know how a lot of people, they say they judge people who aren't there for the right reason. Are, do you yeah. do you take on that mentality at all? Or are you just like, hey, the right reason is that this is a great opportunity? You know, I think everyone's there for not everyone. I mean, there's people that, you know, have ulterior motives, but I think at this point, everyone kind of knows the opportunities that come with the show Mm -hmm. and they'd be lying if they didn't say they wanted in on those opportunities or that was part of the reason they were going on. But I still think you can have genuine intentions and want to find somebody and be serious about that too. So I think you kind of go on for the right and wrong reasons. And what I'm always curious of, how does everyone always fall in love with the bachelor is it that they know who it's going to be (laughs) they know it's going to be him or is it just i'm around this guy he's the only guy around so i'm having a proximity infatuation with this person or are some people not actually in love with the bachelor so okay so i think when you're on the show you're not around your family you're not around your friends so 
you don't have your phone, you don't have TV. So that's like the only guy that exists in the entire <laughs> world, basically, when you're there. And mm-hmm. then on my season, it was easy because we Ben Higgins is such a good guy. Yeah. So on paper, I was like, he's everything I'm looking for. So it's easy to fall for that person when A, they're the only guy there and B, they usually pick pretty good guys. Um, but I think once you get out of that bubble, you kind of realize, okay, maybe my feelings weren't as strong as I had convinced myself. Right. And for me anyways. And also I feel like you, and maybe at the time at least, were more attracted to the bad boy type. Maybe Ben was a little bit of a, too much of a goodie, two shoes. Yeah. Pardon my French. <laughs> Could you tell Shane's the bigger bachelor fan of the two of us? It's true. Um, I mean, at the time I was, you know, he, he's such a good guy. I was like, this is the kind of guy that I need. It definitely wasn't the kind of guy I typically went for because I did usually go for the bad boy type for sure. Uh, so when you were selected to go on the show, what was the reaction of people at home uh, just knowing you as a mom? Yeah, everyone was really excited, super supportive. Um, I actually can't think of one person that wasn't excited or supportive of me going on, which was nice and, you know, made me a little more excited to do it because I was so nervous, so nervous. Oh, absolutely. I would be too. I just, I could see, especially the community we live in, I would have, I think, so much judgment. I think that would be a really hard thing for me to kind of step out of my box and do. On a much smaller scale, I put myself out there as well. And I talk about motherhood and pregnancy and, you know, my decisions in both of those things a lot. And I get hate almost every day. I I could talk about eating an Oreo cookie and somebody's going to come at me for doing that while I'm pregnant. So how do you deal with all of that? Like with people, you know, being so eager to vocalize their opinions? I get asked this a lot because I do feel like I get a lot of judgment and I've gone through phases where I've let it bother me. Like I said, when I first went on the show, I feel like I mostly received positive feedback. And then when I went on Bachelor in Paradise, I got a lot of hate and that was really hard for me the first time around. And then I go through waves of it and sometimes I care, sometimes I don't. I also feel like there's always that one person that like knows exactly what to say to get you heated. So I still get upset by some of the comments, but for the most part, I feel like I've kind of just learned to live with it and still post and talk about what I want to talk about. And I feel like 90%, 95% is all positive, but we like to focus on the, you know, the smaller percent that's mean. So I try to just ignore it now. And do you feel like there's a double standard with men uh, being like, if they're a single dad, whether they're on The Bachelor or not, it's almost makes them hotter in some way. Whereas the woman, (laughs) it's like, oh, she has baggage. Is that a thing or is that just something of yesteryear that I'm thinking still exists today? No, I totally agree with that. Um, I think even on the show when I was on Paradise, there was another single dad on the show and he had just gone on The Bachelorette too. Was and that I don't Kenny? think he it was um Evan. Oh, right, of course. And I was getting bombarded with hate. And I don't think he got any hate. Everyone was just Mm -hmm. like, he's so sweet. He's the dad. And I'm like, why am I getting the hate and not him? Not that I wanted him to get any hate, but at the same time, it just didn't really make sense. But I think that's just, I don't know why it doesn't make sense, but that's just how it is. Yeah. It's like when the guy is like, I miss my kids. It's like, aw. And then the woman says, I miss my kids. It's like, then go back to them. Exactly. It's like, then why'd you leave them? (laughs) I I actually can't even recall. And I'm sure I'd be reminded in a second if I was to watch that again, but I can't even recall Evan being a single dad like that doesn't even go, oh yeah it wasn't that doesn't a main cross thing my radar and it it isn't fair and there is a total double standard when it comes to being a dad you guys get let off the hook way too easy and in your case amanda like you're a single mom they have another parent right like your daughters still 
go and have a father. They do. They see him every other weekend. Our schedule's been a little different with all the craziness going on. But for the last six years, that's how it's been. Um, So I do have some time off regardless, time away from them. And that's not something I can control, you know? So I think people forget that too. And even still to this day, you know, I'll go on a girl's trip with my girlfriends when they're at their dad's and I'll still receive hate like, oh, you're traveling without your kids. And like, they're at their dad's. This has been our schedule, you know, like I'm either going to be home without them or I'm going to go on a girl's trip without them. Like either way, I'm not seeing them for these amount of days a month. Yeah. And so either we're not in a time or a place where you need to be, you know, sitting in your house wearing black veils on your face, just like mourning the loss of their presence until they come home again. You're allowed to get out there. And you do that. Which is so funny because, yeah, this last time during the day at home order happened here in California, I kept the girls for six weeks, which we just decided they were going to stay with me. And it's so funny because I haven't spent that much time with them 24 Mm seven, literally since Charlie was born because they go to their dads. (laughs) And um, that's how it was. They went to their dads um, like a little over a week ago now. And I was so sad. I was like, this feels so weird. I'm like used to being away from them normally, but now... It feels different because we're not on the same schedule. So they're not driving you nuts. They're endearing themselves even more to you. Yeah, but I I was with them for six weeks straight. And Mm -hmm. normally I have help for my parents. I don't know if you guys have family close by that helps out ever. You have to. It's so nice. But we weren't seeing my parents and they weren't seeing their dads. It was just me and I'm homeschooling them and I was with them nonstop. And I thought they'd be driving me crazy. And the second they left, I was like, come back. Isn't that it with kids? It's like every time I put Lucy to bed or daughter, I am so relieved. And I come downstairs. If I'm not pregnant, I'll pour a drink. When I'm pregnant now, we were drinking non-alcoholic beer. And I kick back. And then within a half hour, we're looking at pictures of them or of her uh-huh. and talking about her. And it's just that like weird paradox. So funny. You seem to be making co-parenting working, at least from what I've heard. And I just want to know about that transition for you because you've been doing that the majority of your daughter's lives. Yeah. So to be honest, I think I've kind of – I don't know how to explain it. Just kind of accepted things like for what they are, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So rather than like fighting things – like not that everything is perfect or that we agree on everything, but I've just kind of accepted it, which I feel like – I'm just a nice, (laughs) I'm just too nice. Um, But it somehow works and it's drama free. So we're both happy. That's amazing. That is so lucky because there are, it's seldom that you hear about co-parenting situations that are drama free. So that's amazing. And considering that you're in the public eye so much, that's really great to be able to do. Yeah, it's nice. So you're now, would you consider yourself an influencer? I don't know. I don't. I, it's weird. I don't know what to call myself because I don't like the term influencer. You of know, course, yeah. it has such a stink um, on it. Yeah. I know. I don't know. That's. It's always hard for me when people ask that. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just me. I guess. <laughs> you have two daughters, obviously, and in my opinion, what one thing women love to do is dress up a daughter in the same outfit that they're wearing. And speaking of Instagram, yeah. it murders on Instagram. It does. So <laughs> I'm always trying to get Alex to try new things to, you know, uh, get her followership up a little bit. And I'm like, let's get outfits that kind of like match. You and our daughter Lucy can wear matching outfits. And you actually have a company that started it. Now, was Instagram the impetus for it and knowing women kind of whether they wear the outfits out or not they certainly like taking photos of them was that kind of what got your brain kind of thinking of that 
Yeah, totally. And it's so funny because before I had kids, I was never thought I would be the kind of mom that wanted to match my daughters. And then as soon as I had them, I was like, this is so fun. And they love to dress like me and they love to, you know, play with my makeup and my shoes. And um, it was just fun. And I don't know if your daughter's like this, but my kids are so picky with their clothes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's two and we're going through hell trying to get her dressed every day. Yeah, sometimes you just got to like let him wear, you know, the pants and top that don't match and mm-hmm. whatever. So my kids actually helped me design a lot of the kid stuff or pick which pieces they wanted me to make into kid sizes. Um, so I know that they're kid approved also. But yeah, it's really fun. It's cute. That's amazing. So when did you start? It's called Lonnie the Label, unless I'm saying mm-hmm. that wrong. And is this a new endeavor? Or when did you kind of get your feet wet with this? So I decided that I wanted to start a clothing line um, pretty shortly after I was on the show. But it was a long process trying to find, you know, the right partner and right people that I wanted to work with. So we just launched a little over a year ago. So it was March 2019 Mm -hmm. that we launched. But yeah, it's been it's my favorite project to work on. Like I said, the kids get to help me with it. And it's just something that's a little more hands on, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's been really fun. And we just got into Bloomingdale's. We have an exclusive collection there. Um, For now, it's just the adult pieces. But our, um, our kids line is on the Lonnie website. Do you feel like you're working more after The Bachelor? Or do you feel like life was harder before The Bachelor? Because I'm finding this Instagram life is actually more work than I ever bargained for. Well, I think it's a lot more work than people think. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that can be frustrating because people are like, do you even work? And I'm like, I work all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because I think work-wise, I do work really hard. And I obviously I have opportunities and I'm so grateful for that. But it still is a lot of work. But it's funny because I do think dating and relationships are much harder after the show. So work-wise, both I think is the work stuff's not hard. It's just a lot of work, but the relationship stuff, I think, um, is really difficult post-show. Right. Cause I, and I guess you're questioning a lot of, uh, relationships after if they're just using you to kind of elevate their own popularity online. Cause now everyone's a social media influencer to some extent. Yeah. I was talking to my friend about that the other day. I was like, I think everyone's an influencer now. <laughs> yeah. Or trying to be <laughs> whether or not they have influence is the thing in question. And yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Jerry Maguire, but for me, I, I always think of the line shoplifting the pootie. And, I do not remember that oh, line. So just to explain <laughs> to Alex, so that that is when a man uses uh, getting close to the child as a, as a means to get close to the mom, oh. only to have intercourse with the mom and then bail directly afterwards. So oh. I guess my question for you is, do you think men are trying to shoplift the pootie these days? Um, I mean, I will say... Yeah, I mean, all the guys I've dated have been really good with the kids. I don't know if they've used the kids to get closer to me. Right. But I can see that being a thing. Yeah. Would that be your move, Shane? I think you have to be extra, like handle with extra care if someone has a child. Because, you know, I'm way less likely to ghost someone Mm -hmm. with a child. You know what I mean? (laughs) It just feels extra rude. It feels like there's an exclamation point on the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think... I could do that. Yeah, I think guys know that, you know, being good with someone's kids is like the way to their heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's right. a smart move. Like if I see a guy being sweet with my kids, part of me is going to be like, okay, that's cute. Well, it'd be hard not to. <laughs> it's like such a natural yeah. instinct at that point, right? Because for sure, if that's what you're looking for, that'd be, that would melt me. Even just thinking about you, Shane, even though we're married and like thinking about you going off in some other world and being sweet to somebody's kids, like – Makes me hotter. (laughs) It does. 
It does. A lot of people, they talk about the disadvantages to being a single mom. I was wondering if you could point out any advantages. I mean, it's funny because being a single mom is all I know. And so a lot of people that are, you know, recently single moms are going through a divorce always ask me that. And it's honestly just all I know. And I will say that I don't have help every single day. But having like every other weekend to myself can be kind of nice because I can Mm -hmm. still have a life on top of being a mom. So I'd say that's that's an advantage. That's huge. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to suggest if you couldn't come up with anything. I, I'd be like that. Yeah. You, you kind of have off. little moments, little bursts of fr- what it was like before you had a child. Yeah. Yeah. I love being a single mom. I always have. And I don't know if it's just because it's all I know, but I enjoy it. It's amazing to be able to embrace the position you're in, no matter what position you're in. And no two people's situations will ever look alike. But I think that we could find a lot of inspiration from somebody who does, you know, really love where they're at, or at least they're comfortable where they're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay, my last question, and this is, I'm obviously a massive bathroom fan. (laughs) Okay, stagecoach. I know, I know you go there and you love it. Now, is it like a scene from Caligula out there? Like, what is the appeal? Because that one season really made it seem like a lot of wild stuff goes down. It's so funny because I've been going to Stagecoach since before I was on the show because I grew up in California and it's a thing that we just all do out here in Southern California. Um, but now it's kind of turned into this like bachelor reunion. There's like this little VIP stage and everyone goes to this one that's on the right. And when you go, you just see like everyone from the bachelor mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's just pretty much a reunion. And last year, um, a lot happened. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> but Amanda, we truly want to thank you for your time today. And if people want to find you or your clothing line, where can they go to do that? So my website is www.lonnythelabel.com. It's L-A-N-I. Um, and then my Instagram is just at under or sorry at Amanda underscore Stanton. Well, truly an honor to to speak Absolutely. with you. I, I can't tell you how excited I was leading up to this interview. But uh, we'll let you go, and just I'll leave you saying thank you very much for making my day. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun for sure. Oh, Take care, Amanda. All right, bye bye. You too. Bye, guys. Okay, so there you have it. That was Amanda Stanton. I'm so happy to, uh, we talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Still a little nervous. Uh, uh, how do you feel about that, Alex? Again, I was just really excited to talk to her. You didn't think, though, that the call was going to work out in the end. Well, I was worried. I sent a confirmation email to her. Her, You know, she's big enough. She's got people looking after her. And then they, they didn't respond. But they probably just like, we put it in our calendar. It'll be fine. But I was also very concerned about our appearance because we did this over zoom yes so when you do it over zoom you always wonder is the person going to want to see us are they going to be seen and in this case we had this kind of crazy setup we you know you're looking very beautiful and nice right now normally we do this in our sweatpants but (laughs) amanda it was just a black screen and her voice yes so and she's probably done this many times i haven't and then this the setup rig we had was kind of all for not and i just said okay f it and i didn't even let her see me well shane here's the thing yeah we did not see her however you had our camera on you were out of frame but amanda was able to see me the entire time and i couldn't just stop the interview to say something to turn off the camera because i didn't know how because that option had gone away but amanda could see me that entire time from my bottom lip upwards. A really unflattering, weird angle. Are you kidding me? Do you know how beautiful your lips are? Especially the bottom one, she, I find. <laughs> She's like, what is this operation here? 
Yeah. She's, and I didn't even realize it at first. So I don't know what my reactions were. Like I kind of screwed up one question and made a face and went, ugh. And she would have seen that. This is embarrassing, babe. Well, yeah. Well, we're living and we're learning here. Well, let's just never have the camera on on the Zoom. I don't want to be, you know, but left it, flapping in the breeze. Yeah, but if we're talking about like, let's say we end up getting like Barbara Streisand or Meryl Streep or something, and then we think she's not going to be on it. But then her picture's on, and then we have the audacity to not show ourselves. Well, then can we at least make it a flattering angle? Okay, I got nervous and panicked. <laughs> when I saw her screen was black, I was like, the whole thing's fucked. Fuck it, let's just talk. And, <laughs> and I have dished this... out of screen, but I was there was nowhere for me to go. I had to remain in view. And I also, I don't have a proper tripod for my iPhone, so I have to use masking tape around the the whole the rig it looked terrible did you realize that she indirectly called you hot how'd she do that well we were talking about uh men being good with people's kids as a way to get to the you know the heart of the woman they're trying to go after and then you said would that make me hotter or does that make me hotter or something like that and she said yeah very hot yeah that's a stretch i'm not going to be too living off that for i don't know i just want to know if you'd be living off of it for even a split if she said oh i checked out your instagram and (laughs) boy are you a hot piece but do you think i threw off with the the pooty question i was confused as hell i can guarantee she was confused as hell too i think a lot of people will appreciate that question people will without a doubt but uh Guests didn't get it. I'm not sure if the Caligula reference either was got because she's my age. Mm-hmm. She's 30, and I can guarantee neither references. You're 36, <laughs> and when you brought up Caligula for the first time to me, I didn't know what you're talking about. I've heard hundreds of Caligula jokes in my life, but I never knew what they were referring to. Yeah, she didn't laugh at it, so I did think it was just an age thing, and I I tend to show my age. I'm getting old. Okay. So Shane, it is now the part of the podcast where we are going to address listener questions, which you so, what's the word? Not courageously, not bravely, charismatically, I guess, got us. Because again, whenever I ask for questions, no one chimes in. When you ask for questions on my account, everybody's got something to say. So first question, what do you do for Mother's Day or Father's Day? Traditions, gifts, pandemic outings, whatever. So we are generally like for birthdays and other things, we generally like to do an experience more than buying gifts. Maybe we'll get little tokens. I know for Christmas, we do like to get a gift, but cards I think are number one. And then just doing things throughout the day that the other person likes and like showing appreciation. So like when Father's Day hits, maybe I'm gonna get Shane wings from the Anchor, which is his favorite wing place. And the whole day will be revolved around things he likes. Food is important. Food is so important. I think like food, I mean, if you're looking at Christmas, Easter, any big family days, food is the most important. Yeah, we're not materialistic people unless that material is edible. Yeah. So food is huge. Cards are huge. And other than that, it's it's all over the place. Like for my first Mother's Day, it was actually the best you sent me to Body Bliss in Toronto, which is a spa with all these different waters that you go in. And I spent like five hours there. It was amazing. That was so great. This Mother's Day, already been gifted two bottles of Seed Lip, which I've been trying to get my hands on for ages. Could not get better. 
So in, now in the I'm cameo, just, the cameo. Well, I was the cameo was kind of like a part of the card, but I'm also excited for the handwritten card. But the cameo was sweet. That was so awesome. Yeah, and you're a good reaction person too with gifts. But uh, we, we should mention too that Mother's Day is very chaotic here because it coincides with my birthday and Lucy's birthday, and uh, we have step parents and yes. real parents, re- like stepmothers and real mothers. So we have we have and I and I have a stepmother and there's my real mother and your three moms mom. yeah. in our immediate family, like other than me. Yep. So there's four of us all together. And that, that's a lot. That's hectic as all hell and expensive as all hell. And I think flowers, especially how expensive they are now, are appreciated on Mother's Day. And you don't have to do too much more than that. No. And now that everybody's at home, I think flowers are such a nice thing to have. Because we're in our homes all the time. Bring a little bit of beauty inside your house. Gift your wife flowers. Gift your mama flowers. Whatever. Like, But I think the flowers are perfunctory. The extra thing is the food delivery like Uber Eats, your mama, some sort of coffee? Not just a coffee, maybe a nice brunch. I well, mean, it's, so it the, is your mom. Well, here's the for our parents' birthdays recently, we did, you know, dinner with them or whatever. But then we also Uber Eats them, you know, like a little breakfast. Yeah. And that went, I think, so far. I think they liked it. Yep. Anyhow, things you wished you knew before you became parents. I wished I knew that it wasn't going to be as hard as i thought it was going to be right like i didn't know how much i liked doing tasks for babies <laughs> well there's a lot more fun in it than you think like even the diaper changing i remember like there's millions of memes about diapers and everything it's like even that's easy yeah yeah that that's a great point diapers are kind of fun when lou wants a diaper change it's like a good little bond for me and lou yeah she like runs it's very cute she's all ready to get her diaper changed. she's all excited when it's over What's the thing that was harder, though? Um, For me, sleep was hard and not as hard as I thought. Sorry. It was way harder than I thought it was going to be. For me, personally, as the mother, I wish I knew anything about the fourth trimester and just how difficult that first phase of postpartum would be when the baby is just still needing to be on you almost Mm -hmm. every single minute of the day. You're not sleeping and you're just you and the baby constantly together. I didn't know anything about that. Nobody ever talks about that. I wish I knew about that. And I wish I knew how hard it was to keep a house clean before. Because <laughs> I, I think I had an idea that there can be a moment where a house is clean. But there's always, once one fire is out in one room, there's two more starting in the next. So I've just accepted that. And my <laughs> life is a lot better now. All right. What things should you have to run by your significant other? like purchases or going out pre-COVID? Well, you're excellent with purchases and not being extravagant with them. And that is something very unstereotypical of someone who might, like if I looked at you, blonde girl who dresses nice, I'd be like, she's going to be a shopaholic. But you're not really. No. So, so that's not a problem. And I, since you are like that, I always tell you, anything you want, just mm-hmm. get unless... It's a time we really need to tighten the purse straps. Which, but, again, we're both very good at doing. If we mm-hmm. are putting ourselves on a budget, we're really good at sticking to it. Yeah. That being said, I do think for major purchases, you have to run it by your partner. Absolutely. Also, sexual needs. Mm-hmm. I think far too often people, they keep it in their mind and they expect the other person to be able to read their mind. And we've gotten in the habit of <laughs> writing sex <laughs> on our schedule. 
And I find is just when it's nice and open there, so it's like, okay, we're going to have breakfast, go to work, have a workout, go back to work, have dinner, and then I'll write sex, question mark. And, and last time you wrote it with a heart around it, too. I wrote it, and I, then I had a heart on later. <laughs> <laughs> a little heart humor, you set them up, I knocked them down. And, and just to set this up, too, like, our schedule is on a, like, two foot by three foot whiteboard with really big writing so it's it's just right in the right in the middle of our house that's why too i'm like oh if your parents are coming over let me know and then i'll because <laughs> i don't want them seeing that hearing that is fine but seeing that would embarrass me so you know i think i think that's great big financial purpose honestly i'd even say financial purpose financial purchases over like 60 bucks honestly unless you're loaded yeah but yeah it depends what your financial situation is and basically anything on your mind that you feel is important and isn't happening or maybe is happening too much should be communicated mm-hmm. and that that's the the litmus test right there right yeah that's the only barometer you should really follow yep no i think that's perfect all right so the next question is anyone feeling anxious about restrictions being lifted this is now my new normal hell yeah i don't like i'm just so excited to be able to go out and do things and go for brunch do whatever go and get my skincare from sephora and get help from the sephora people however i am used to this and i don't want shane to have to go back to work every day i love being at home with you guys and that's going to be really really difficult to deal with once restrictions are lifted well, since we're on the podcast, I'll say the podcast is a lot easier to do oh when God. everyone's always home. And if you've noticed, our guests have gotten a little bit uh, higher profile. The reason is everybody's available right now. Yeah. So it's a lot easier for us, and I'm really enjoying just the podcast side of things. But in terms of real life, yeah, I, I would love to get back to it. But unless things are 100% A-OK, normal, mm-hmm. safe, I don't feel comfortable. Are you worried about messing up Lucy's sleep schedule? when Betty comes. So Lucy's on a pretty good sleep schedule and nothing really takes her out of it. Like even if she goes to bed late, she still she still manages to kind of keep on the same track because we've had days where her sleep's been totally messed up where we're traveling or whatever. Uh, when Betty comes, we're trying to, this has been on my mind like every day since I got pregnant, but we're just trying to find out where in the house to put her because I don't want her in Lucy's room. They're going to share eventually for a couple of years, but I don't want her in the room until she's like at least 10 months old. Yeah, we're going to put her in our bedroom and kind of segment it off with maybe a curtain so we can feel like yeah. our bedroom is still ours. And then just, yeah, have her there, I guess, for the first few months and then maybe move her downstairs mm-hmm. once I'm recovered from birth and... I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah, the, the good news is nothing's set in stone. We move her and we make the wrong decision. Ah, that sucks. Let's do this. So we are very worried about it, but we know the pain will be temporary because we will figure it out as everyone yep. does. Yep. So I'm not worried about ruining Lucy's schedule. And then by the time they are sharing the room, they'll both be sleeping pretty much through the night. So I think that'll be okay. Yeah, I guess we're worried about temporarily throwing it off kilter. Yeah. But it will readjust, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, next, any tips on baby clothing storage? My Tupperwares are piling up. If you don't have a basement, five words. Worst room in the house. <laughs> Always put your things you hate in the worst room in the house. <laughs> All right. Uh, lose favorite food and least favorite food. Favorite food, ketchup. She's a freak. Okay, that's a condiment, though. 
Right. Lou's favorite condiment is ketchup. Her favorite food is cake. Her favorite food is cake. Okay, so maybe Sounds let's say... Sounds like an unhealthy family. <laughs> well, well, no, but a lot of people's favorite food is cake, but that's a dessert. Okay, what's her favorite real food that she could eat maybe every day? That's a guarantee... A wrap. She likes a whole wheat wrap with cream cheese. Yes. And her, she goes nuts for those. Her favorite word might be cream cheese. Yeah. And pine cone, but she doesn't eat those, hopefully, <laughs> ever. And uh, least favorite food... Anything like remotely healthy? Our next question is masturbating during pregnancy. And well, that's Ale- really all it, it, it really said. Well, Alex doesn't want to answer this question. She's like, oh, we got a masturbation question. But I feel like this is important because Alex has made a rule in the house that there's no masturbating allowed. So that's Alex's thought on that. <laughs> There's no ma- there's no masturbating allowed, and the idea there is she wants not only me to be so pent up, but her to be so pent up that there is just this explosion of love and expression that happens within the household that could be taken away if you're you know blowing off steam in the other room. You handled that so well. Thank you for answering that as I would have liked to. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right, and I wanted to make that rule to help our communication which i think has gotten so much better about that and about those kinds of needs and yeah so that's that's where we are with that right now didn't you say there was a porn question yeah it, it's similar to the masturbation well, one, let's, I'll so, read it. well the porn question uh is because now everybody is inside the house because of the pandemic and there's less space how do you feel about porn being watched in the house and again, same as... I can cover that one. Alex does not like porn being watched <laughs> in the house because she feels porn can only lead to masturbation. She doesn't believe that people would watch porn for any other reason other than self-pleasure. So we <laughs> we have a bit of a ban on it in the house. How do you feel about, hypothetically speaking, watching some porn to get horned up, for lack of a better term, to enter the room to be ready quote-unquote i think watch it together make it a fun thing okay there you have it all right so we teased this earlier now what are we doing okay so we are going to finish our podcast by taking it back a little and doing a guided meditation with a friend nicole gatto and do you know the significance of nicole gatto in our relationship oh we saw her on our first date we did and I think I looked pretty popular because I knew a lot of people at that bar. You did. And we've never seen her again together, I don't think. So it was kind of like a magical thing that maybe brought us together. Like she might have special love powers. There you go, Nicole. Thank you for spreading that magical fairy love dust on us that night. But I am excited to get into this call. So let's see what she's got. Okay. Sorry. I <laughs> Sorry. thought we'd have a fun little chat, but let's get to the meditation. How are you, Nicole? We were just talking about you. Uh, we saw you on our very first date. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that too. We were at Gallagher's, right? Yeah, good memory. I remember. I remember. I was because I was thinking about you guys because I've known you both actually separately for so long, and and then you guys got together, and I remember seeing you both at Gallagher's, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so how are you guys? That was fun. I think we were, I was going to come back to your house, but then I was probably feeling 
a little buzz, who knows, and went home. <laughs> well, you know, I did invite everybody over for an after party and nobody came and that worked out for me because I just got Shane in bed a lot quicker. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Nicole... I'm glad I didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, so you are here because I put something out on Instagram asking if anybody knew how to do guided meditation. And you said yes. you do this as a part of your job. So what is it that you do for your job? So um, I'm technically, my title is a director of lifestyle options in a retirement home. Okay. Um, which is kind of just like a fancy title for marketing and sales. Um, but before this role, I, I studied recreational therapy and I was a recreational therapist in the home. And I started uh, teaching chair yoga to the seniors that live in the home. Um, and then it became a hit there. So when I took on the new role as a marketing director, um, it's technically not part of my role, but I loved teaching the chair yoga and guided meditation so much. And they loved it so much that I just kind of kept it up. Um, we do it about once or twice a month and now I'm teaching it to the team members because they're of course essential frontline workers right now and they're needing some relaxation so I've been kind of expanding it to teaching them as well. That's amazing so as two parents working from home in quarantine obviously we're experiencing a lot of stress too and I know a lot of listeners are so are you going to lead us in a guided meditation? <laughs> I am. Have you guys ever done a guided meditation before? Any meditation? I've tried the Headspace app. I, I purchased that and I tried it on my bus rides home when I was commuting, but I found it very difficult. For something that kind of requires you to do nothing, something was very hard for me to stick with it. I don't know why. And like, that's so typical, Shane. So I studied uh, yoga. I became a certified yoga instructor. And, um, you know, they always say that the toughest pose in yoga to learn is Shavasana, the final resting pose, which physically is the easiest because you're lying on the ground and you're like, okay, I'm cozy. I just did all this hard work. So this should be easy. But people actually struggle the most when they're sitting still with themselves. So I think sometimes the pressure of, you know, okay, I, I downloaded this app or I'm, I'm taking this time to kind of get into a good headspace puts that pressure on you to think, why aren't I relaxing? Why am I feeling anxious? So I like guided meditations or visualizations because it's really just you listening to my voice and you basically just have to listen to a story. So it's kind of like when we're kids, right? You're just listening to a nice story that mm. all of a sudden you realize a couple minutes pass and you're like, wow, that was really nice. So to start this off, you don't need to be an expert or a monk to do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what everyone kind of thinks when they hear the word meditation, right? You, you think of people floating and it's not not that at all it's just to kind of help with your anxiety or whatever it is just relaxation so um, I wanted to talk to you guys first about your room I know I've watched your podcast so I know you're sitting on a couch yes. but you're, you're there right now yeah yeah okay if you can um, like the lighting is really important so I would first always set the tone with your with your space. So I like right now I'm actually I have my salt lamp on. I want to get just as relaxed as you guys. So so we'll dim the light. Okay. Yeah, dim the lights and Shane, you know from television, just a little bit of lighting can set the mood. Oh, I was terrible at the technical parts, Nicole. <laughs> the listeners may not have heard, but I could barely get Nicole on the line at the beginning of this. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so always start uh, start with the lighting, start with a comfortable space in your house. I know you guys are on a couch, which is a very comfortable place for many people. When you want, if you ever want to do this on your own, just hopefully there's a place uh, where you can be alone for even five to ten minutes. I know you have a, a a little girl, Lucy, so it might be hard for you guys to take that time. But if you can kind of find a place where maybe for five minutes you're uninterrupted, mm-hmm. then just find that spot. And if you know. If, if Lucy ever wakes you up or or kind of she wakes up, then just count to five and go and tend to her and then try it again. Awesome. So okay. uh, how is your body language right now on your couch? Are you sitting on the edge of your couch right now, ready to run out of this room? Are you laid back okay, in your couch? Back, okay, back. I'm going to lean back here. <laughs> lean back. You're not going anywhere for a couple minutes. Um, that's another thing I find in chair yoga. You know, a lot of people are kind of their hands are gripping the chair like they're just ready to run out. So allow the couch to hold your weight. Put your microphone down and just know that by the end of this, I will pull you out of the relaxation when the meditation is over. So don't worry, I won't keep you there all night. Okay, awesome. <laughs> okay, so sit back in your chairs or your couch and we're going to start by scanning. You're going to scan your body for areas of tension. Uh, So sometimes it's just focusing between the eyebrows. Are you frowning? Is your tongue behind your teeth right now or the top of your mouth? Can you let that fall down into your throat? Maybe your jaw is clenched. Are you able to let that go? Let that tension go in your jaw. A lot of us hold tension there. Maybe you want to stick out your tongue. Are your shoulders close up to your ears? Can you allow them to move down towards the couch? And scan the rest of your body moving down your pelvic area. A lot of people hold tension there as well as if you're holding in, like you have to go to the washroom. Can you release that a bit? And just start start to notice your breath. So just be aware of it as you inhale. Exhale. Take a couple breaths in and out on your own time and just notice your breath. It might be the first time all day that you've actually been aware of your breath. Inhale through your nostrils. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. With every inhale, you take in more clean air. And with every exhale, you become more relaxed. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Now that you're a little more relaxed, I'm going to invite you to join me on a journey. Imagine that you are standing on a path at the edge of a small forest. The bright sun warms your back as you face the opening in the trees. The trees are lush and full of color. Green, orange, red, yellow. There are cherry blossom trees, beautiful and pink. 
magnolia trees full of white fluffy leaves. Maple trees oozing out delicious syrup. Beautiful tall willow trees that are thousands of years old. The cool breeze from the forest is inviting you to enter. The path is clear as you begin to walk to hear the sounds of dirt and rocks crunch under your feet, you step into the forest. All around you, you can hear birds calling to one another. Their sounds are gentle and sweet. It is as if they are encouraging you to take a few more steps into their home. You smile as you watch them soar above you, dancing in the air, and you continue to walk further into the forest. The peace in here is total. You are aware of small animals all around you. You see rabbits hopping around, squirrels playing with one another, and chipmunks collecting nuts. They run up the trees around you and hop from branch to branch. All of the animals get along. You keep walking deeper into the forest. As you walk on, you begin to hear the sound of running water. You can tell that the water is gentle and you walk in the direction of the sound. As you walk, you can feel the leaves under your feet and the small branches and roots on the ground. You hear the crunching of the leaves and branches as you walk over them. You let the gentle voice of the water call you on. You can smell the fresh water in the air. You begin to feel light mist on your face as you walk closer to the water. You open your mouth and can taste the watery mist land on your tongue. Shortly in front of you opens a little clearing in the forest and in the middle of the clearing is a small water oasis. There is a pool of water, crystal and blue. As you look up, you see a large, beautiful waterfall cascading over large rocks. Behind the waterfall is a large, colorful rainbow. You see red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. You walk closer to the pond and feel the rocks beneath your feet. They are cool and wet. You walk a little further until your feet are submerged into the pond. You look down and see schools of fish swim by your feet. You watch them as their orange scales glisten under the sun around your legs. You slowly move out of the water and find a large rock to lie on. The rock is warm from the sun. You sit here for a few minutes in silence, listening to the sounds of the forest and the water all around you. Your eyes are closed and your heart is full of joy. You sit there on the warm rock and allow the sun to dry you off. As you lay there in the sun, you think to yourself, this is exactly where I am supposed to be. You begin to get up off your rock and slowly leave your water oasis. As you walk down the path towards the clearing and come back to the edge of the forest, you look straight ahead. The sun is burning red and orange as it sets behind the green hills in the distance. 
with each step you take, you find yourself coming back into your conscious awareness. You say goodbye to the sun and begin to take notice of your surroundings. Wiggle your nose, stretch open your mouth. Maybe move your, your toes and your fingers. And take an inhale and exhale and just come back to the room, come back to your body. And just recognize how you feel. The meditation is over, so when you're ready, you can come back to awareness. <laughs> is, is applause normal? After that, you know, I've had some funny reactions. I've had people cry. I've had people. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you feel like you were able to relax so truthfully, or could you you could practice more? You can usually. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube you can just listen to. Um, it's so much better when I'm in person too. But I hope you were able to at least relax a little bit and follow the story. <laughs> I was definitely able to relax. Sometimes I would zone out of the story and just like like the, <laughs> like the sound of the voice. And then there was a little there was like a two minute period where I was just thinking like how cool it was to have a podcast <laughs> where you where you can just get someone to do this. <laughs> no, I it was it was definitely see whenever I sit there and force myself to start focusing on breathing that does so much and I forget how helpful that is until I sit down and force myself to do it again because I do not do this kind of thing for myself and I know that at one point when Shane was using the Headspace app we were using it before bedtime at night and we'd be asleep before the meditation ended but it did take a lot of practice to get to that point and I could even feel with just this one the relaxation that it did give me, if I just keep doing something like this, then the effects will be so great. But that was so good. Yeah, thank you and so you know much. And you, you know what you might like, Alex? There's like a lot of breathing meditations you can do. Um, so like a simple one would be to put your hand on your belly and just feel your belly go up and down, up and down, up and down, and mm -hmm. just try to focus on that. And it that's a meditation. It, it doesn't have to be as, you know, intricate as a, a magical forest story you know well, was, it can yeah. be a, if you like the breathing so yeah it's it's always helpful and I think you know when you have a lot of stress in your life and even if you don't if you just need something to relax you then it's a good go-to I feel pretty cozy right now I don't yeah, know I feel like, <laughs> I'm really good. all right so Nicole so how do people get a hold of you for uh, your various services <laughs> <laughs> I don't do this like I really only do it like for the residents so if you're 65 and over and feel like you want to move into a retirement home then, oh, nice. then you'll see me there perfect so they can send their parents their grandparents to you yeah Exactly. And I used to teach at the at West Fifth at the mental health hospital. So I would be so unless you have a mood disorder, then <laughs> you could come. Um, but honestly, for people who are interested in it, you can find them everywhere. You don't need me. Uh, you could just find it on YouTube or like you guys said, Headspace is a good app. I haven't really used it or anything, but I'm sure it's great. Just fine. I wrote this one. So if Whoa, you actually that's awesome. That's amazing. It's you know what if you it that is a meditation in itself if you start to look at visual I I found that I didn't really like what was on the web that was mm -hmm. free and so I just started thinking of a story that I would like and maybe pick a pick a place you love or you've been to and try to create your own and you just have to get into the details and you know all the senses and you can create your own I that love, is so cool well I gotta say since you did create it the hot stone part 
I love that because I sorry I just hiccuped I know that feeling so well and right? that really got me in it yeah yeah no, it's that was cozy amazing. so I'm happy you liked it you guys <laughs> all right well uh, I must say congratulations on yes. your marriage because I haven't seen you since the uh our first date uh, and, more than that. and then even further past that your pregnancy yeah, we, we kind of went, we are one year anniversaries coming up and we're already 23 weeks pregnant now. Oh, so yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, we're excited. We're, we've been uh, looking forward to it. So I feel good and we're having a baby boy. So that's oh, exciting. Nice. That's wicked. <laughs> well, Nicole, thank you again so, so much and uh, our best to the fam. But thank you guys. Thank you. And good luck with Betsy. That's her name, right? Your second <laughs> Betty. Name? Close enough. Betty. <laughs> Betty. Oh, sorry. I should know that. I love both the names. <laughs> oh, thank you. But yeah, Nicole, thanks. Thanks a ton. Eh? Have a great night. You too, you guys. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Man. Okay. So what a way to end it. And we should just end it with a nice relaxing. Thank you for listening to this family tree podcast. Episode 37. Seven for sure. Bingo.